Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Stacks. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas. This week is The Stacks Book Club, and we're discussing the beautiful and devastating new novel, If You Leave Me, by Crystal Hana Kim. Our guest this week is author Asia Gable. In case you missed our announcement last week, we have launched our short stack episodes. They come out every other Monday and they feature a short conversation with an author about their writing and their book. This past Monday, we had Crystal Hana Kim, who's the author of If You Leave Me, so you should definitely check it out. In order to keep creating new content like mini episodes, we rely on the help of listeners like you. One of the best ways to help the show is to go to patreon.com slash the stacks and become a member of the stacks pack. You decide on a monthly amount to contribute and earn perks like our virtual book club, asking questions of our guests, and shout outs on the show. This week, I want to give some love to our newest member of the Stacks Pack, Michelle Clark. To join the Stacks Pack and earn these cool perks and more, go to patreon.com slash the stacks. And if a monthly subscription isn't really your thing, you can do one-time donations at paypal.me slash the stacks pod. The last thing I want to remind you about is subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and also taking a moment to rate the show and write a review. These really help the show get to more listeners and book lovers. So please take a moment. I swear it's super duper easy and we really, really appreciate it. Now it's time for our conversation with author Asia Gable about the book, If You Leave Me. We do have spoilers this week, so listen at your own risk. But since this past Monday, we did do a mini episode with Crystal Hana Kim, the author of If You Leave Me. There's no spoilers there, so you could go listen and enjoy that and then come back to this longer episode when you read the book. Everyone wins. Okay, that's it. Let's dive into the conversation between myself and Asia Gable. Welcome back, everybody. We're here again today with author Asia Gable. And for the Stacks Book Club, we're talking about If You Leave Me by Crystal Hana Kim. The book is a historical fiction story about one woman, Hemi Lee, and her family and her life uh, post or during and post the Korean War. Um, so before we dive in, Asia, welcome back. Hello. So excited you're here to talk about this Me book. Too. We're just going to dive in, I guess. What yeah. did you think? Um, I really liked it and it was, I don't, I mean, I don't read books like this. I think it was just I, so different for me 
that I was really sort of like processing that while I was reading it and like having this personal moment where I was like, I should read more <laughs> stories about war, especially written by women. Um, um, but I, I really loved that the love triangle at the center of it. Yeah. That was the thing I loved the most. Yeah. I love, well, I'll say this now we're going to spoil this book. So oh, yeah. we, if you haven't read the book yet, you should, um, read the book and, then come back and listen because we're not, um, we're going to go literally talk about everything that happens, including the very good ending. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just heads up. Um, I agree. I really like this book. It felt different than a lot of things that I've read. Um, I love a war story. So that was great. You for do. Me. I do. Yeah. I like war. I mean, I normally read nonfiction about war, Yeah. but I like, I like that this centered around war. I don't know anything about the Korean yeah. war or, I don't really know that much about Korean culture, to be honest. Yeah. I'm like one of the five people that hasn't read Pachinko yet. Oh, yeah, Did yeah. Did you read that? No, but it's on my list. I mean, that's not even about the Korean War, but yeah. like I feel like everybody who's read it is like, oh, I know this one thing about Korean yeah. things. So I definitely felt like I want to read more about Korea yeah, and like me too. the story of this country that seems to have been, you know, kind of gone through the ringer. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I have a question about your war penchant or um so do you often read war whether it's fiction or nonfiction that's by women no yeah there are a lot there's not a lot of war stuff yeah i'm i think there are some of those like war books by and about women characters that are like kind of have those like artsy covers where it's like almost like painted and it's like the captain's wife or like the widow of Montgomery or something like, and I don't, I don't read that kind of stuff, but I think that those kind of books exist, but this book didn't feel like, doesn't feel like it's directed at women in that same kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, No. Yeah. It's like kind of like a feminist war story. It is. Well, that was like the one thing when I started reading the book, like one of the big takeaways for me is I was like, this book does such a good job of reminding everyone that feminism isn't something that like 40 something white <laughs> American women started like, yeah. Right. Like there's like all these moments yes. where Hemi is like doing feminist shit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, yeah. you do it. And I'm like, yeah. you're not out wearing a pussy hat. Like yeah. but you're still yeah. a feminist. <laughs> there's a moment in the book where she is waiting for her. She like marries Jisoo and, he goes away to war and then he comes, he's about to come back and she's like been mostly living her life, married life without him. And she says something like, I didn't want him to come home because I wanted my life to I stay the same. Right. I don't want my husband to come back because I like my life. Right. And I was like, <gasps> like what yeah. a statement. Like, and it was just so, so powerful to hear a character say that in like 19, you know, 56 or whatever. Yeah. And, um, a young girl, like, just was really really cool yeah no expected what i feel like crystal does in the book that's really great is that while she's a feminist she's still within the constraints of the time mm-hmm. like she still you know marries the guy for stability yeah right and like she still has all the kids and like she still yeah. does the things that she's expected to do but like that the pushback is within the it's not like she's like, fuck you. I'm leaving. I'm going yeah. to America. Like she doesn't ever do like, I, yeah, it's more subtle. Yeah. And I really liked, I really liked how that played out. Yeah. And plus it's like pushing against this idea of like 
home and family for like a refugee. Yes. Yeah. So like, I think my, my, the reason I tend not to read a lot of war narratives is because I, I feel like you were, you know, you were saying there's like a way you tell a woman's war story and there's like, then the men get to tell the story of the war. And I just have read so, you know, I've heard a lot about that. I don't feel like I don't need more of it in my life. And, um, sort of my dissertation work was about like well what men get to tell war stories and adventure stories and women have to tell like domestic stories about the home mm-hmm. but like this kind of turns that on its head and that like she's kind of telling the war story right the men kind of don't really go to war like they do but the right she she's the one who bears all of these scars from war right. truly right yeah and 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 she's the one who's the real telling the real refugee story right exactly and I don't even know how to say this. I think that the way that that's done, like the, the way that it's flipped makes the book feel more like a war story than a lot of war stories that are about like war. Yeah. Like this is like what happens to people who survive war. Yes. Okay. So I was talking <laughs> to my husband about this afterwards and he, cause he knows more about war than I do, but we looked up some stats and I didn't realize that like millions of Korean people died in the Korean War in like 10% of the population and more than half of those were civilians. I like a lot of the Korean War casualties were were just like Koreans, like right. not, soldiers not soldiers and not Americans and um uh it 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 totally just and so short. I think it was like 3 years. Yeah. Just like wreaked havoc, havoc on this country. It's like beautiful country. So it's really cool to hear this story, yeah, like you were saying, from the point of view of someone who is just like a person right. in this like country. This this is just happening around me and like how do I yeah. hold on to some semblance of like this life that yeah. I thought that I wanted. Yeah. And, okay, I'm interested to hear what you think. I don't know if you noticed, but I could not not notice how much of the book centered around food and drink. Like in almost every scene, huh. they were making food or they were drinking something yeah. or they were going to a place to eat or drink or like – it just always came up and I, I'm it for me, it felt like it had to do with like that refugee feeling of like never having food. So like then your whole life becomes about food yeah, and like, or never having anything. And then your whole life becomes about wanting to have. Yeah. I don't know. You're totally right. I didn't realize that, but now that you're saying it, I am remembering (laughs) that because there was so much, I really didn't like, food that I didn't know about that I had to look up that I, yeah, that is definitely, and also sort of seems to be like a commentary on like, like the women are always making the food. Like she's got to feed these babies that she keeps having and having. Um, And then like her mother was like feeding Jisoo when he came to visit, like to court her. And then there was a scene later when they were married and he, she was like, no, I like to eat in the other room. Yeah. And then Henny's like, well, I'm supposed to be eating in the other room too. And he's like, no, you can stay. Yeah. Like that there's so much wrapped up in the food, in the culture, in the surviving, like there's just so much in the food. Yeah. Like it was like the other character. Yeah. When are they going to eat? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because there is so much food, but they, I, I guess, I mean, she grows up in poverty right. and then Kyung Hwan kind of escapes poverty very late in life. Yeah. And then she 
they sort of never, I mean, they're fine, but they're never I really felt, I like. I tell. I felt like they were like kind of rich, maybe. But yeah. Like, well, he owns like his tenants, right? Yeah. But they like, seemed like kind of rich for post war, but yeah. not like what his, what, not like what Jesus' family had been yeah. Yeah. prior. Yeah. You're always like, I liked that, you know, class was like definitely a part of it. Like you were aware of like right. where people were in their life. And I felt. Similar to Lee, how you how you felt about the food, I felt about the dress. Mm. Like, there's a lot of description of like whether she's wearing like the hanbok, the like yeah. Korean traditional wear, and then there's like a modernization that happens mm-hmm. of Korea without Korea's real consent. Really, right. like it is like an, a westernization right. where people start dressing in Western clothes, right. and she doesn't. And then, like, and she does. Then she does, and then like the tension between. You know, yeah, uh, what the men expect. It was just like you, all that stuff, like filters in, but it's like connected to the story in this right. way where you don't feel like you're just being told it. Right. It's like she does a really good job of explaining life without actually explaining it. Like she's showing us mm-hmm. and like showing us those conflicts without telling us, like many women had a hard time transitioning <laughs> their clothes. Like it wasn't like a PBS like documentary, yes. you know, yeah, it was like yeah. Ken Burns comes on. I will say that's like really hard to do too. Like I think just in terms of historical fiction, like so, so much of it is done poorly because people don't know how to convey the information mm-hmm. and the context. Um, and, and you risk losing your reader if you alienate them too much, right. you know, but there's such understand. like an emotional connection here that you're, willing to go with like this food that you don't know and then it returns and returns and returns until you finally like okay I get what right. this food means like you I know? understand this yeah. yeah totally and I think like I'm, I'm so curious to know how much like as a black woman I feel like slavery is something that I grew up like knowing about and understanding like from a very young age like mm-hmm. we watched Roots like uh, when I was like seven it was like on <laughs> TV like I, I don't know I never I don't ever remember not knowing like the n-word as a slur mm. like I never either you know and so I'm so curious like for Crystal as the author like how much of this book she researched versus how much yeah. it just like came to her or like yeah. same for you for your book as a yeah. musician like how much of that stuff do you know? Yeah. And how much of it is like, let me Google some like yeah. cello songs. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I read that she interviewed her grandmother. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah. Her grandmother is kind of, her grandmother was a refugee during the war and her great grandmother was a widow and they had to leave their home. Like when her, so like, I know that it's okay. Hemi is like loosely based on her, on her grandmother's experience, but mm-hmm. I don't think any of the story necessarily. Right is her story. Yeah. I kind of think when you research something, there's a way you have to internalize it and then forget it and Mm -hmm. then tell the story. And I think having something like a grandmother, like a family member or like me, like personal just experience from when I was a kid playing music that helps you, it helps it become less facts and more part of a human story. And so I think that's like, that's what I try to tell my students about research is like, you have to find the human story in the facts. Otherwise mm-hmm. it will just sound like facts. And, um, I'm sure like having a grandmother who was able to tell, cause people don't talk in facts really. They talk right. in like stories. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. Feelings. And so, yeah, I'm sure having that at her disposal was really, really helpful, helpful. in terms of anchoring who this person right. is. Right. And like probably giving some like little anecdotes 
that she could slide in that made things feel more authentic. Yeah. Or like just anecdotes that she could examine. Like, what does that mean? Why yes. is this a story that my grandmother would tell me? Yeah. But I'm super interested to listen to your conversation with her because you're doing yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it, you guys will have already heard it. Oh. <laughs> oh, damn. We haven't okay. done it yet. Yeah. Well, I want to listen to it we'll because, to it. yeah, um, I would be interested to know like what she consulted to learn about the, just the time period, Yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I don't even know what the time period is like in the, you know, the state that I live in 50, 60, 70 right. years ago, like right. let alone another country. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Who was your, like, was Hemi your like favorite character? Like the okay. person you go to? Yes and no. Okay. I weirdly really liked Jisoo. What? I know. <laughs> oh So, okay. It did change later in the book. Yeah. Cause he like kind of like rapes her well so it like i said it did change okay <laughs> but for like the first half of the book i felt really bad for him yeah like i felt like he was trying to do the best that he could mm-hmm. given the circumstances and like that he felt like he had to be this big man around town because that's what he had come from and that like his family who had died in the war like that he was dishonoring them if he didn't do things like so i felt and then yeah. also like pining for this girl because in the beginning it seemed like he really loved her for her free spirit right and like felt connected to her and like finding out that the person that you love and that you're married to is like in love with someone else. like right so I related to him obviously towards the end I was like you're a fucking asshole yeah but in the beginning yeah I really liked him but I feel like all the characters did that to me like yeah. I was like I want to like you and then I'm like you are ruining my day even Hemi like she becomes so awful mm-hmm. towards the middle end. You know, she's yeah. like really kind of a bad mother sometimes. And um, that is what I think. I thought about this a lot when I was reading this and when I finished it, like th- that we don't see women characters that much that are like that flawed and mm-hmm. ugly that we mm-hmm. still connect to. Like right. even up until the end, I was like, I still, I'm like, on her side and I'm with her even though she has like done such terrible things or treated people she just becomes a cold hard person and um I think that I'm like really in 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 admiration and awe of what Crystal's done here because Jisoo also is deeply flawed Kwang Han is like also just I wanted to scream at him like just go get her right like stop being such a baby (laughs) I know I I agree I so in the beginning of the book, I didn't really like Hemi that much because I thought she was like kind of not a caricature, but like I was like, oh, we know her rebellious girl, like wants to go get her education. Right. And I was kind of like, eh, blah. Yeah. But the the worse that she turned, like the more that she like slipped into like depression and like despair and like these feelings right. of regret and all that, the more that I liked her. Yeah. Like the more that I was rooting for her or like wanting for her or wanting someone to understand her. Right. And like wanting to, for her to have that outlet, mm-hmm. you know, it's like she somehow became the only survivor, even though she had built her own family, like everything around her, like wasn't hers anymore. Right. And like, I, I don't, yeah, it just got so dark for her that then I was like, she's, she's acting out because she doesn't feel loved right now. You yeah. know, like I was like defending her doing bad things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, something that you really can only do in a book like this, which is kind of long. And it's Mm -hmm. like people keep, I've called it like a saga or an epic or something, but like where you spend a lot of time with those people. 
and I guess that has a lot to do with like the structure, like because you get these like you, you get like a week in a year, and right? Then you leave and then you go back in like two years yeah. later, and then you leave and then you go back. You can cover so much time and yeah. like, see them change. And I think she does such a good job of aging them, like. Yeah. I didn't feel like Hemi was the same person in 1951 as she was in 1961. Like I felt like she had gotten older and like I felt like she had learned things and had real regret and like real pain. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when books cover a lot of time, it's like the person's 20 years older, but they're still like really upset about that one day in 1950. And you're like, really? (laughs) Like there was a war, like you, you move on. Yeah. Like things that made you upset when you're 16 don't, and you understand them. And I feel like she did a great job of aging them and having them grow older and like feel older. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, your book is similar in structure. It's funny. So we picked this book kind of like Asia was like, I want to read these three books. And I was like, Oh, I want to read that one. Yeah. And I had not read your book and I had not read her book. And I read your book first and then I read this book and I was like, they're so similar in structure Mm -hmm. and so different, obviously in content, Mm -hmm. but you've written a book that travels 25 years Yeah. At a, from the point of view of four different people, five different people, yeah. same as this one. Yeah, That's yeah. so weird. I know. What do you, how do you feel like you make that happen? Like, how do you age people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it was really hard for me. I had to really have these like graphs where I would like look at how old they were. And then I would have to think about like, what are milestones you would go through between 25 and 35? Mm. And like, what... Um, what, yeah, like what would you be like, how would you think about this person that you loved then versus the person that you loved at 35? And I had to like self like interview all of these characters Mm. according to their age, like over and over again, every single time I revisited them, which is, which is really hard. It was (laughs) a lot of work. Um, but uh, for me, I really thought about like, it was really about like milestones. Like what would, what are the concerns you have that, and how do they change? in five, 10 years, um, per person, because they're not the same for every person. Um, so yeah, I know I, 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 I wanted to read this book and I suggested it to you before I had read it. And then when I was reading it, I was like, Oh my God, it's like, I suggested (laughs) the book. That's like the same structure as me. I'm so happy. Because yeah. this is like it's, the structure is very specific to the, to both of the books. Like Mm -hmm. the structure is, I mean, it kind of is the book, like yeah. the content, but you've, you've both given yourself a way to get through it. Yeah. I like this kind of structure. Yeah. I prefer this than to, for fiction to like chapters. Right. Cause I'm just like, okay. Yeah. This person again, like I liked hearing about an event and then hearing about it from someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Like gossip. Well, yeah, because that's <laughs> how you get this like full dimensional view of a character is because you get to hear what they think and then you get to hear what that other person thinks of right. them. Um, but no one has all the answers. So it doesn't yeah. feel like that like omniscient stuff. Yeah. And it's really thrilling because you always are seeing the characters change. Like I really liked Hemi at age, whatever, but you don't get to like go back to her. Like that's, mm-hmm. you just, you get that taste of her right. at that age and then you got to move just on. like life. Yeah. It's like <laughs> really get to go back. this train that keeps moving that's like yeah. helpful for like giving fiction an engine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last 
three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. One of the things that that Hemi kind of flirts with, especially in the beginning of the book, but also later on, is like her sexuality and like using her womanness kind of as like a negotiating chip. Mm-hmm. Like from the beginning when she's like, you know, like you need to kiss me and mm-hmm. and oh, I'm not gonna say it right. Kyung Wan. Yeah. We're we're trying with we're the trying. names. We, yeah. We're we're trying. Yeah. Um, and he's like scared and she's like, You're a coward. And then when she's working as the nurse and like Dr. Kim, I think was his name, he kind of was like flirting yeah. with her and like under that Hemi had this interesting understanding of herself as as a sexual being and that that was powerful. Yeah. And like then she tries to use that against Jisoo and she's like, I don't want to have any more kids. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I even have a point. I just liked it. Yeah. That there was always kind of this like thrilling like what if she does have an affair with this guy i know i wanted her at the, do- the doctor or whatever. yeah i was like hoping it would happen yeah <laughs> and then when she yeah i mean she's also yeah very aware of that like mm-hmm. of her body in that way like and the awareness of her body continues throughout the whole book 
but not in this like overstated way. Like when she starts to have children, you're like, oh fuck, that's like, yeah, not. <laughs> that's a real brutal thing for yeah. her to go through because I think she might have like postpartum. postpartum. Yeah. yeah, really interesting. We like how that was about it. Yeah. yeah, all the mental health stuff is like, I mean, Jesus alcoholism, mm-hmm. her postpartum, obviously her depression later on. Yeah. And like the mother's grief. Yeah. Like all of that stuff. And I guess kind of like some survivor's guilt. Like there's a lot of mental health issues that come up in this yeah. book that are super, I don't know, what's the opposite of heavy handed? Yeah. Like yeah. Not heavy handed yeah. at all. A light touch. Yeah. Or like not a light touch, but like just real. Yeah. Like it's just feels real. Cause like when you're living, or interacting with someone in your life, especially someone you spend a lot of time with who's going through mental health, it's hard to see. Yeah. It's kind of like you maybe understand that something's going wrong, but then they snap at you and then you still get mad at them. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, right. She's having a hard time. Yeah. But she shouldn't have been an asshole. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. And like, I feel like the book does that. Also, they don't have language for it. Like, they don't have language for right. it really then at that point in that place. Right. And so... The only way, like, she tries to describe her postpartum to him a few times. And yeah. it's, like, really interesting the way she tries to describe She's like, it. like, I don't like how I feel afterwards. Yes. And he's like... I feel empty or something. Yeah, because he was thinking that she didn't like being pregnant. Right. She's like, no, no, after. Yeah. Like, remember after, like, for a year. Yeah. And then, like, and then with the fourth daughter, I don't even remember her name, Yunyi. Yeah. She really wants to love that daughter because mm-hmm. she needs it to be young Juan's child. Yeah. I mean, it is, right? We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is. At the very end, he says, he looks at her eyes and he's like, oh. Sure. I mean. <laughs> I know. It's never defi- we don't, definitive. We don't know for sure. Yeah, I yeah. would like to believe it. It makes me happier. Yes. But also like. I know. I know. That's a tough. That's the tough daughter to be. Yeah. And, oh my God. Okay. Do I know what just got it? I, the part that I was like, ugh, too what? much. Is at the end in the coda mm-hmm. where I think it's Sodi's talking about, you know, all the daughters and the aftermath and this and that. And she's like, you know, and the baby doesn't even remember her. Mm. And I was like, that is just so sad. Yeah. Like the person that loved you the most in the whole wide world is dead and you don't even remember them. Yeah. Like, uh, I know it's just really sad, right? Really, really tragic ending. Mm -hmm. That's like not happy for anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. It was really, yeah. I also really think that's interesting too. A teacher told me once that like short stories always tend to end tragically Mm because, and then I don't know why, but then novels usually end on a happy note, like resolved. Mm. Um, Maybe because you spend so much time in a novel that you feel like you need a happy ending. And this really resists that happy ending. Mm -hmm. Although it doesn't feel like bleak for nothing, you know, not for, it's not like for no, for no reason. It feels right. Could there have been another ending? I mean, what if she had, there's no way she could have left her family to go be with Kyung. That also would have been tragic. The only ending that's like a happy ending is like, Jisoo like dies. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, it's yeah. like he just like kind of dies. Yeah, and like Kyung yeah. like comes back to help her, yeah. and they fall into a rhythm. But like, it's not how life works. Yeah, though. there yeah. isn't. I mean, I would be really upset if it was like then Jisoo and Hemi like learn to yeah. love each other and like had right. a boy. Yeah, it, this is the only. This was the ending that felt right. Just like they were all headed for this. Like Hemi had made so 
she had made a couple choices earlier in life and then had just been so subject to this like political situation mm-hmm. that she could that escape was just really really hard yeah and then at a certain point it just became impossible oh man so, so heartbreaking sad. i know yeah. and when her brother dies that oh, was sad too Oh and I kind of, she kind of tried to trick us, but she, you know, I hate being tricked. And she was like, <laughs> kind of made me think that he like died in like a protest. And then uh-huh. it was that his like tuberculosis came back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming from like the tear gas or whatever they were spraying. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they yeah. said like after the protest. But that scene with Hemi talking about how she doesn't want to bury him and how she's just going to take him home and like cover him with like morning glories. And I was like, this, like talk about how to write grief. Like that was, and it was just one paragraph, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I guess when you do it right, you just only have to do one paragraph. Yeah. I found that throughout the whole book, it's really like, um, economical, Mm -hmm. like it, she she doesn't really belabor a lot. Mm -hmm. There's, because there are so many voices and so many perspectives and so much time passing and maybe she can't really do it, um. She just doesn't, yeah, you don't linger on, like, right. even when she and Kyung Hwan finally, like, do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they finally, you don't really, don't really get, get it. it. Yeah. yeah. At first I was like, is Sodi, like, because the daughter's telling yes. us, I'm like, is she making this up? Like, what's yeah. happening? Like, yeah. You kind of get it in a flashback, like, mm-hmm. later in the in a later chapter, but, yeah. like, I I was, like, in, I was I was like kind of yeah again in awe of that because it's so not how I write like I'm like ooh we're gonna have a sex scene I'm gonna write yeah. three pages um, <laughs> talk about all the sexy things yeah <laughs> her bra <laughs> yeah but she really doesn't do that and I I thought that was really an interesting choice yeah it yeah totally well yes I agree with you. yeah you <laughs> just I don't know you you're connected to the characters like not because. You're sitting there with them, wallowing with them, but maybe, maybe it's maybe it's because it's so quick because right. because they don't really have time to like wallow. Like you get this like moment of grief or like moment of terror, moment of sadness, right. and then like they have to swallow it and, and move, like, on. move on. And yeah, like, oh. and I think like kind of tying it back earlier to talking about like what kind of like what a feminist is or whatever mm-hmm. like that Hemi is like this feminist, but that everyone in the story is like pretty ordinary. Yeah, like none of these people's stories are extraordinary by any means. And so that like their feelings, they don't feel that their feelings deserve the time. Yeah. So she doesn't give them the time. Whereas like if this had been the president or something like you would have, someone would have to listen to this whole story and like that you felt that you were deserving of things. And I think all of these people feel like they're not deserving of anything. Mm -hmm. And like Hemi is so self-deprecating. Like as the, especially as the book goes on and on and she taught, like, she just like, that was making me like, not like her. I was like, stop trashing yourself, girl. (laughs) Like you got a nice boobs. Even your daughter thinks so. (laughs) I don't know. I just, that the people like felt so ordinary in a good way. Yeah. Ordinary in like, in a, not an important way, but I don't know. They didn't feel special, and mm. I liked that they just felt like people. Like, yeah. she just picked this – she just happened upon these two people, yeah. and this whole amazing story came out of it. Yeah. And if she had happened upon two other kids, it yeah. could have been a totally different thing. Yeah. And they could have died. Yeah. You know? I know. I think that's 
it's so easy to write about. Like even when you said like, oh, the president's daughter or something, I was like, ooh, where's that novel? Like yeah. it's so easy to go to those like extraordinary. It's so glamorous. Yeah. yeah. You think about the costumes, you know? Like it's yeah. like you get to have so much. And this is like there's just nothing really there. It's so kind of bleak. Yeah. And so the ending does play out, I guess, that way. Yeah. But that really gives you a – that's the, like, part of it that is that was interesting to me is because I was like, oh, this is, like, I am – when I said, like, I learned a lot, like, I'm learning something mm-hmm. without feeling like I'm learning it, you know? Right. Like, I'm this is true slice of life. Right. I don't really like that phrase, but, like, this is true, like, like, uh, like living in this time. Mm-hmm. And that's, like – that's where I can really like lose myself. Yeah. And it's, I mean, as a reader and a lover of human things, I really, I'm so glad that these books like this are existing, that publishers are publishing books written by women about war stories of the forgotten war. Yeah. The Korean war. Right. Yeah. That like, how many freaking stories do I need of like, I don't know, Paul Revere. Yeah. How many, how many of these stories like, I just, I think about this all the time. Like when there's like a story about a slave and it's like, wow, this is like Barracoon that came out, the book that came out by Zora Neale Hurston Mm. earlier this year. It was like written in the thirties, just came out this year. And as I was reading it, I was like, wow, this slave, the story about this slave is like so interesting and there's so much here. And like, how come we don't have one of these for every slave? It's like, you want one of these books for every person who survives the Korean war and like every person who doesn't. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's a good time for books. Because yeah. people are clamoring and saying, like, publish these books. Yeah. But it's also, like, frustrating because I'm like, I would so much rather read five more of these books yes. than read another, like, George Washington and his slave. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? We get it. Oh he God. had slaves. I know. Why are we so into that story? Why are we so into those, like, founding fathers? <laughs> I super don't care about you, founding fathers. Yeah. Like, we got it. <laughs> we I saw got- Hamilton. <laughs> it's fine. I get it. Like, it just... I, uh, I get yeah. so frustrated because I like history and I'm interested in it, but I want to understand what it was like to be a person at this time and yes. not what it means to have been the most important person. Yeah. That's a really, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what Crystal says about that because um, I, I do think that those books are like, yeah, they're har- probably harder to sell because when you, there's no like hook there's no like tagline like you mean you like know. books about like everyday person yeah, yeah yeah it's not like you know it's not like um the president's daughter or whatever right. or you know a, a white soldier who right. fell in love with a korean woman in the korean war like right. it's a really different kind of story and so I, i'm curious about if she had like pushback about that or what because i do wish there was more like this this it, it, it definitely like reading you really articulated just now like what my realization was when I was reading this was that like, Oh, that's why I don't read war stories. And this is why this is what right. I wish there was more of. Right. Yeah. We just need to find more women who want to write these books <laughs> or not who want to write. That's not fair. We need to find more publishers who want to publish. these. Yeah. Books. Cause I'm sure there are. I'm sure there yeah. are women who write these books. Yeah. Just as there are women and people of color yeah. who do everything else. Yeah. But. I totally saw this. I kept like picturing it as a movie when I was reading it. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And normally we would cast the movie, but I'm going to be honest. I don't know any Korean actors or that many. Yeah. I don't know if I know enough to know. Yeah. So we're going to let you guys cast it. You just like, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Message me. Yeah. Um, but it is a movie. 
or like a mini series maybe oh maybe it is a mini series yeah like a little a one season netflix or something yeah yeah Ooh, i would really love to see that well i that was hard for me when i was reading it to picture where we were because i don't even know that i know what korea looks like yeah like i don't even have like a stereotypical idea of korea yeah you know like if you said japan i could like imagine some things that i've seen yeah or like china or you know zimbabwe like i'd be like oh sure like i kind of have a sense like for korea i was kind of imagining a mix of like Asia somewhere yeah. in Asia and like also refugees I was imagining yeah. somewhere in Africa which is weird yeah well I mean like I kind of know what contemporary Seoul looks like but like Seoul in when it was modernizing right. no like Busan no idea and it, Busan is like such a character in this book right. too like the 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 grief attached to that place um yeah I, yeah I bet it's beautiful I watched this movie there's a really famous Korean director whose name I can't remember. He did like Old Boy and The Handmaiden and he makes a lot of notes. these. Yeah, I'll a lot of it. these movies. And um, I feel like I know sort of what maybe the Korean countryside looks from his movies, but I think it's supposed to be really beautiful. Sure. <laughs> and I would love to, to see that. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, Yeah. Speaking about <laughs> what Korea looks like and like this idea of like, home and Busan and all of this like why did he go back there with her at the end of the book yeah I um, don't know like what was he thinking yeah my guy like she doesn't want to go there yeah and then and then I mean yeah and then she tells him like what the hell what What are are you you doing?" doing And he was like, no, we're not leaving. And she's like, we're leaving. Like, I was so shocked that they went back. I was like, this seems like not something that you should suggest. Yeah. yeah. Um, That really made me hate him. Yeah. Like towards the end. Like it made me feel like he was trying to punish her or something for like the affair or whatever. But he was just fucking around all the time. And in front of her brother. Yeah. I was like, yo, have a little bit of respect. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, I flipped on him. Yeah. But he like the ending and then like going back there and just that seems would be so triggering. Yeah. Right. Like to have gone to this place as a refugee and like yeah. lived there for some period of time and then to go back on vacation like it's like some yeah. place that's like super fun to be like yeah and it's this place where she made a choice kind of like one of the few choices she really got to make in her life right that be- between the two men that that kind of changed everything for her do you her. feel like she made that choice that's a uh, that's a good question i mean well, no, right? Because Kyung Hwan doesn't really like step up and give right. her another choice. And then her there's so much pressure from her mother and her family and like the situation right. to to go with this more financially stable person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess not. Yeah. Like it's presented like it was a choice. And like she kind of even presents it to, her, to us that it was a choice, like that she – had this choice, but I didn't ever feel like she had a choice. I never thought for a second that she wasn't going to be with Jisoo. Like there was never a doubt in my mind that she was going to, that she was not going to be with him. 
You mean throughout the whole thing or just throughout that? that no, throughout like, the whole book. I never oh, thought man. she was leaving. Did you really think she I, I never felt no, like she's I going No, I guess anywhere. I didn't really think that, but I, like, I wanted her to. The hope was yes. like part of reading the book. It was right. like, well, maybe there's some way, some way. Yeah, well, I wanted it to happen, but yeah. I never, if it had happened, I would have been way more shocked yeah. than by anything that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Like the story was what the story should have yeah. been. Mm-hmm. And like she does a good job of building in the hope. But I never was like, she's going to run away and leave her family. Or that she's going to pick the other guy Mm -hmm. who's like, hasn't really like, for lack of a non-heteronormative term, manned up. Yeah. You know, like, she she always had to, like, everyone, her brother was going to die. Like, she wasn't, you know. And his realization of that, the brother's realization that she Mm -hmm. had done it all for him. That was a great moment also. Yeah. To, like his, it was like his last chapter. Yeah. Oh, that's a heartbreaking chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, he, that character was really just, I felt the most just like, uh, yeah. about hit everything about him. Yeah. He just never quite like figured it out. Yeah. He was too young. Yeah. And then he died. Yeah. So sad. I know, so sad. And there was so like I, I think one of the notes I took or like maybe halfway through the book was like resentment as poison. Yeah. Like there was so much resentment between everybody in the book, like not just between Hemi and everybody, but between yeah. each other. Like yeah. the two men and like the mother and Hemi. And mm-hmm. like I think probably the mother and both of her children. Yeah. And like maybe even the mother and the father. Yeah. You know, like there just seemed like and then definitely, like, her daughters and her specifically. So, like, there was just so much of, like, people hating each other or, like, resenting each other or feeling wronged. Yeah. And, like, that festering. Yep. And yes. just, like, destroying. Yeah. My therapist likes to say, resentment breeds contempt and contempt ends relationships. Like, contempt is the thing you can't come back from. That's true. And I'm, like, always thinking about that when I'm, when I'm mad at somebody. I'm like, should I just tell them and get over it? But yeah. yeah, like um that that like they have these real world consequences in this book that are unimaginable, unimaginable. So yeah, I mean that's that's exactly it. It's watching some like relationship fester. Yeah, like which erode. it's more fun than we're describing it. Like you don't yeah. feel like it's not one of those books that you feel like empty after because you're no. like oh that sucked but it's like, not like did you yeah. read a little life oh uh, yeah <laughs> it's not like that where you're just like am i ever gonna have a joy again yeah no it's less sad than that yeah but it is there are it's like we said it's like these moments of just like ugh, mm-hmm. and then it's like okay we have to carry on yes well i think part of it is you're just always hearing from a different character too like mm-hmm. They it moves so yeah quickly from character to character. You don't really right. spend forever with a character right. like a little life where you're like sixty pages later. And with a little life, it's like does everything bad have to happen to one person? <laughs> and I liked a little life, but I was like, I, I get it. Too. It's sad. Yeah, <laughs> we're all gonna be sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, here's the question. You know, in the last scene with, or like the last chapter with Huang Guan when mm-hmm. he gets the missed call and his girlfriend answers or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like the wrong number mm-hmm. was that Hemi oh 
Oh, I I guess I didn't. Wow, is it? I don't know. It must be, right? I thought it was Hemi. Then later I thought maybe, like, later, like, after I finished the book, that it could have been Jisoo, like, calling and then, like, chickening out and calling back later. But I thought that when he said that the funeral had already happened. Oh, because then Jisoo calls later. But the funeral hadn't happened. Okay. So I think it's Hemi. Oh, that makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been be. a wrong number, but I feel like... Why would you include it that Right. Thing? Yeah. Oh, it was her. I know. Sad, right? <laughs> the face I'm making yeah. right now is just gonna so make me sad. <laughs> and then my other question was, I, I think I know the answer, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. ask you because I feel like it'll make me feel better if you say so. The third daughter, Jisoo raped her. He did? I don't know. Wait, where does that happen? I don't know. Well, she says, I don't want to have a third kid. And then the next thing we know, she's pregnant. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Jisoo raped the daughter. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes, yes. I Yes, he did. I, that was my understanding. Mine too. Yeah. But that also came to me later. There were a lot of stuff that came yes. to me didn't come to me in yeah. the moment of reading, which yes. was interesting. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. Well, because you get it, you get like people. confirmed through different people. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like their sex life stopped. Like, they still had consensual yes. sex later. So that's yes. why I was think I was kind of like, yeah. maybe he didn't. But the I think there's, like, a moment where it it, it describes, like, the moment right before sex uh-huh. or something. And she was like, I, I don't want to. And Yeah. Well, like, that definitely happens later, too. Yes. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of that later. Yeah. Because oh, the conversation they have when she's like, I don't want to have a third child. And he's like, you're... You're having a third child. And then at the end when she's like, well, that's why you don't have any sons. And I was like, oh, God, she's like, we be nice. You guys, we need to hug it out. Oh, my God. I love that he never got his sons, though. I I did, too. But when she said it, I was like, could you be a little nicer, please? (laughs) Like, could you guys treat each other with a little bit of kindness? Okay. We're turning this conversation to the cover because the cover is gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. It's so beautiful. Even my husband, when the book, when I got the book, he was like, that's a really pretty book. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, you think so? <laughs> I thought so too. It's really pretty. So I've heard on another podcast, Crystal said that the pictures, the flowers all are wildflowers of Korea, mm. that they all have like meaning in the book. Mm. So like the dragonfly is for her and her brother. Because, you know, there's that scene where they talk about, like, dragonflies. Yeah. And then those flowers at the bottom are supposed to be um, the poisonous flowers, like the abortion flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that part. And then the top left one, I believe she said, was the flower of Korea, but that they're all, like, Korean wildflowers. Oh, wow. Um, I think the cover is so beautiful. Yeah. But to me, like, it doesn't... I, I would never know what this book was if I picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you talk about war books, too, like, yeah. this is not a war book no. cover. No. Yeah. I'm curious about how those marketing decisions get made, too, because our books have been on a lot of the same list because they both have flowers on them, mm-hmm. and neither of them have to do with flowers. Right. <laughs> or even – my book doesn't even have flowers in it. Like, no one right. gives anybody flowers. No. So um, I'm curious about what she'll say about that because – I wonder if, like, they're just trying to say, like, this is a human story. They're not yeah. really trying to – because, you know what I mean? I didn't really 
hear about it as a war story either. Right. You're just well, – What are the fla- – like when you see the cover, like the flowers, do they make you – like if you saw this book without having read it, what do you think that you would think that it was about? I would think it was a love story. Okay. About – yeah, like a historical title. romance, I think. What do you think? I, I would think that it was about a love story where like someone died. Like a like a mourning uh, lover. Well, it kind of is about a, sure. Yeah, but yeah, not in the way that you expect. But I would think it was like a super contemporary story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels very contemporary, which is interesting. Yeah, and there's nothing to me like not knowing the national flower of Korea. Yeah. Like there's nothing about it that it screams Korean. Korean. Right. Like the colors aren't like the Korean flag. Right. Like right. yeah, it's interesting. It's I mean it's so beautiful and. And the title too, like the title is so ambiguous and having read the book, it pertains to like everybody in the book. Does anyone say that? Yes. Who says it? It's said a few times. I took a note. There's one part where, where she, I think says to Kyungwon, if you leave me, I'll never forgive you. Yes. And that's the time that I noticed it, but I heard Crystal say that it comes up a few times. Okay. But it's definitely said like, like later. Mm -hmm. It's. Talk, I think it is actually said earlier in the book, but it's referenced later. Like when I remember okay. reading it, it was in reference to like an earlier time. Okay. Um, but every character could say it to someone else. So like every character. Yeah. Or Hemi could say it to every character. Hemi could say it to every character. I don't know if like, maybe, I mean, Sori could say yeah. it to her mom. I mean, she could have said it to Kyungwon, too. Oh, she, yeah. like, loved him. That was also, like, so weird and good. I know. So weird and good. Yeah. 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 And there's, like, the if in there, too, mm-hmm. is, like, interesting in that title because there's, like, the, it implies this, like, in between that they, that, mm-hmm. like, an, uh, like, so like if, an option. yes, yeah, like, living in between choices. But, like, these people don't really get to do that. Like, right. it's kind of sad because they really live in these like consequential situations right. that happen because of and if they actually control. make those choices like it the yeah. if makes it sound like it's an a and b and yeah like that they're equal and yeah. they're really not yeah like it's like your choice is like you do the thing you're supposed to do or like everyone suffers yes. basically right yeah. like that's the choice between the two husbands yeah you know and like yeah. that's the kind of the choice like throughout yep <sighs> book is now I feel more sad talking about it than I did reading it yeah me too and I actually didn't I haven't talked about it with anyone since I read it just was waiting for this but like I yeah I didn't I don't think I quite yeah realized it was as tragic as Mm -hmm. or as sad I know it was tragic I just didn't know it's as sad as it was while I was reading it I think because you really live with the characters like Mm -hmm. I was saying like you just know them so when you're talking about them it doesn't really seem like you know you'd be talking about your friend or something right. like it doesn't seem like right and like that the decisions that were made or like the the path that they went down just kind of felt right when you were reading it like yeah but then thinking about like oh well what if this happened I'm like oh could have been so much better <laughs> but when I was reading it I never really felt like you should have said this yeah there was a few times where I was like stop being terrible yeah but mostly yeah now I just feel sad for them I know it's rough. Sequel, <laughs> sequel with the daughter. Maybe she'll have a better life. I yeah. Know. I would love more from the daughter. I feel like she's not going to have a good life with she that father. She was very troubled. Yeah. From a young age. Yes. Well, yeah. Right. She sure. had some crazy parents. But but then I guess like she would be 
I mean, I don't know how old you are, but she would be like our parents' age. Like she was oh, born yeah. like in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. so I wonder what her life really did turn yeah. out to be like. Like yeah. did she, does she come to America? Does she yeah. stay in Korea? I mean, there's also this whole conversation in the book, not to jump back into it because I felt like we were wrapping up, but <laughs> about rural and city life. Yes. And then Korean life and then this like idea of America. Mm-hmm. And like she has a whole section where she talks about like they we weren't just rebuilding Korea. We were rebuilding this whole other country that had something to do with America. Yeah. That was so interesting to yeah. me because I did not – think about Korea that way. And I know that makes me sound like a dumb Westerner, but like, yeah, I was like, oh, they've been just traded and traded Mm -hmm. and traded. And then after the Korean war, they really like their, their leader kind of just like sold them to become like a, a, a America influenced construction. And right. That's really, I didn't think about that. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. She kind of just like floats out there. Yeah. There's a lot of floating of ideas. Yeah. And I like that because that means that she thinks that her reader is smart, which I like. Yes. That's a good point. You know, like if you thought your reader was an idiot, you would explain more. Oh, I like that. Don't you think? Yes. You're right. Because there are books that you read where you're like, I get it. Uh Uh-huh. Like, we get it. Of Uh course. And then there's books where you read where you're like, I'm not smart enough for this. Yeah. (laughs) That happens to me a lot. (laughs) But this book was a a good, I feel like I took a lot out of it. So that means that it was like the right level of intelligence for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to think that I'm semi-smart. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, do you have anything else that you want to say about this book? Um, no. I mean, I think I I did read something that she wrote in Elle magazine Mm -hmm. about the Han book, the like traditional dress which i would recommend everybody go read we'll put it in the show notes yeah i thought it was really interesting the way she talked about like we're like korean traditional dress in terms of fashion and just politics yeah i'm gonna check it out yeah well asia thank you so much for coming on you're amazing um for everybody who doesn't know this asia's book is called the ensemble you can get it anywhere you can get a book yeah you have an audio book yeah do you do it no 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 (laughs) A voice actor. Did they ask you to do it? No. No. Well, they didn't ask me. <laughs> I don't know. Well, sometimes authors do yeah. their own book that's like fiction. Yeah. I think if you have not. like a an acting background or something, yeah. you could do it. No. Yeah. I mean, your book has a lot of characters too. Oh Anyways, God, no. you can get our book all the places you get books. Your local local bookseller. If you don't have a local bookseller, there's a website called Amazon. <laughs> you know. And then, of course, today's book was If You Leave Me by Crystal Hana Kim. And then um, we'll be back next week. So thank you so much, Asia. Thanks. And we'll see you guys in the sacks. All right, that's going to do it for us today on The Stacks. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you to Asia Gable for joining us. Make sure you check out Asia's debut novel, The Ensemble, wherever you get your books. Don't forget, we now have short stack episodes waiting for you. Our first one is with author Crystal Hanakim, and it's her conversation with me about the same book, If You Leave Me. Join the Stacks Pack to get inside access to the show and be a part of our virtual book club next Tuesday when we discuss If You Leave Me. Go to patreon.com slash the stacks to join the fun. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite, and our theme music is from Tagiragis. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas, and I will see you all in the Stacks.